You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Questers, we have a podcast. Welcome in to the Quest for 100. It is I, Justin, here with my co-host and partner in crime, Brian. How are you, Brian? Justin, we have a problem. We have a problem. We are talking NASA today. And uh, Brian and I, you know, we're, we're smart people. We're not NASA smart, though. So it'll be uh, interesting. Hopefully don't critique us too much on this one uh, because this is might be the most, well, not the most thought-provoking, but it's a highly educated topic if you uh, really get into it's it. It's very expansive. Yes. For sure. Yes, for sure. Well, uh, if you are tuning in for the first time, uh, thanks, first off. Uh, we're excited to have you. And if you're a returning person, you know the drill. But basically we are bi- or a weekly, I said bi-weekly, a weekly uh, podcast. We talk about a different topic every week. And, you know, we do a little bit of news. We do some, uh, you know, stats and history on it. And then we'll do some fun fun debates uh, at the end of the podcast on that specific topic, which is NASA. But what, what I want to know, Justin, before we start this topic, yeah. uh, d- were you following me over the last week? Uh, because uh, I, I watched First Man. Oh, you the did? Movie, and then you suggested NASA. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I hope I – maybe we're so in sync that uh, that that's the case. But, uh, no, I, I can't say I was watching over your shoulder. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of freaky that you suggested that, like, I think it was like a day after I actually watched the movie. And it, oh. if you don't know what First Man is, it's the, it's the movie uh, with um, – oh, shoot blanking on his name first man landing on the moon story um yeah. and uh oh, this is gonna kill me that i don't know you gotta look it up oh is it uh ryan gosling, ryan gosling. yeah yeah it took me way too long to figure out that yeah, that, that was, was ryan gosling a bad start to this episode yeah <laughs> holy cow <laughs> but anyways I, I watched that movie yeah and then you suggested nasa and i was like whoa yeah it's kind of weird and then after doing all my research i was like actually I should go rewatch that and and understand what actually happens and how they tell the story of of Neil Armstrong because it makes way more sense now that I have watched or yeah. ha- have done some sure. research yeah. and kind of looked through the history and timeline of everything. But. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm blanking on why I, I did some thought uh, into some of the topics that we could do and. Um, our next two topics are relevant to March, but I, you know, I'm going to fail on my end too. I can't remember specifically what it was. Well, there's a specific date for yeah. March 3rd, which is when we're recording this podcast. Yeah. Uh, there is a specific date. Okay, that's so maybe that's significant. Okay, I don't think it is. I oh. don't think that's that was your thought process. Well, but once we get to that point in the history, okay. I'll, I'll confirm or deny. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, we're gonna before we get into all this stuff, uh, I did want to you know talk a little bit about what we've been up to. How about you, Brian? What are you What have you been up to? Well, among watching First Man, mm-hmm. I I also had to spend a night rewatching National Treasure. Good for you, Brian. And yeah. I know why you liked it. I forgot. I I think I thought 
that part of National Treasure 2 was n- the end of National Treasure 1. Oh. But really, all of National Treasure is based in Philadelphia. Yeah, and it's that's very heavy. the only reason why... That's not why, the only yes, reason. Yes, that's the reason why you like it. No, that is not the only reason why I like it. I like it because it's a fun movie. In the city that you grew up in. It, sure. Yeah, sure, but that's not the whole thing. It's it's American history. That's that, that's the biggest thing. It's Philadelphia's it is, history and America's history because it was the original capital. We don't have to get into that. But in essence, it's America's history. Whereas your favorite movie is Italian history. So, well, it's, it's not my favorite movie. Well, I just it think it's be- better. I think it's better <laughs> well, than yeah. National Treasure. All right, agree to disagree, but uh, okay. So you watched National Treasure. I'm proud yeah. that you did. Yeah. Do you th- was it better than you thought though? No, I fell asleep the first time. Oh my! Gosh. I had to finish it the next night. You need better patience in movies. No, no, no. Uh, what uh, have you been up to though? Um, while I was sleeping through National Treasure, I uh, well, hmm. There wasn't a ton that I was up to, though. I guess I could say that I've uh, I'm digging a deeper hole into the magic world. Oh boy. <laughs> Wow. It's uh yeah. I I've I've played now uh at least once a week the really? last couple of weeks. Yeah, I play I've been playing against my my buddy Matt and um man, I just I don't know, there's just something something fun about it and I'm still obviously con- totally a noob at it, but um but I've been playing against hit. he's he's been getting back into it and getting his cards going, some old cards and now he's building a standard new deck. Um and I've been playing in standard, so it's it's been fun. So we we ended up just buying uh, what was it one of those big box boxes of card packs, which is like thirty six packs, and we ended up splitting that. So I sl- I'm slowly I understand where you Tony's saying. I, I have I really have. I'm and I'm I'm not ashamed of it. Like I I actually like it, it's exciting for me. I like being a part of the culture a little bit and learning about it. And and you know I sp- I think the biggest investment isn't even the cards. It's my time. And so, like, I'm finding myself, you know, when I'm, you know, lying in bed, instead of going on, you know, Facebook, I'm going to go on YouTube and watch some, like, people play with different decks and all that. So, anyway, um, I've enjoyed it, and uh, that's the only thing that came to my mind. I'm sure I did other things, but uh, (laughs) that's the one thing that came to my mind. All right, well, let's jump into some news. You're a newsman, I ever tell you otherwise? Punch me in the face! All right. Well, I'll start us off here. So we're talking NASA today, and lucky you guys, uh, NASA is accepting applications for aspiring astronauts. Uh, So they actually want to send another man and first woman to the moon by 2024. This next class of astronauts, uh, part of the Artemis generation, will get there and eventually to Mars by the mid-2030s. The last time that NASA took applications for new astronauts in 2015, a record-breaking 18,300 people applied and 11 were selected. So <laughs> You don't have a good shot, Yeah, I, I don't think I do. But if you are a big NASA person, why not? Why not try? You, you could be uh, that 1% of 1%. But if you if – you, are one of those people uh, you can apply at USA Jobs website from now until March 31st and those interested in applying will need to be a US citizen and have an advanced degree in a STEM field which I don't have 
along with at least two years of related professional experience or at least 1,000 hours of pilot in-command time in jet aircraft. Uh, And then they'll have to pass some NASA long-duration spaceflight physical and online assessment. And it says they'll select their new class of candidates in mid-2021. So. All right. Well, it won't be one of us. It won't be. Maybe but we'll talk about it. May, maybe we'll. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about. It. Maybe someday we can get him on the podcast. Oh, that would be really cool to have an astronaut. Yeah. I mean, talk about coolest professions. I mean, that's got to be yeah. top five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a good one. So my news, actually, I, I kind of had two pieces that I wanted to talk about. First, I think we need to talk about the coronavirus briefly. Because sure. and, and how it relates to NASA, because I saw some NASA photos, NASA okay. imagery of China, basically, over yeah. the past couple of weeks. And they basically were measuring the amount of nitrogen in the atmosphere above China and how much it has been reduced. And you can see that in the photos, how much it has been re- reduced in the last few weeks because of the basic sh- almost shutdown right. of you know the Chinese economy, right? So there's they're not emitting like any nitrogen, wow. and the pollution is almost completely gone away because there's n- almost no economic production. I mean, on. there are not many positives that come from this whole thing. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, that's I mean, nice. Yeah, but my my real story was that uh, last week NASA announced that SpaceX will launch the agency Psyche spacecraft in July of 2020. The mission will study the Psyche asteroid that is located in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I kind of forgot that there was even an asteroid belt in our solar system until I looked at this. Like, obviously, you know the planets. Yep. But then you kind of forget that there's, like, something in between. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I thought that was interesting. So the the spacecraft is going to use the... SpaceX's Falcon Heavy rocket and entire mission will cost about $117 million. NASA has used some of the SpaceX's smaller rockets, like the Falcon 9 rocket, and that started using that in 2018. Hmm. But this will be the first one uh, using this Falcon Heavy rocket from, from Interesting. SpaceX. I guess I didn't know that there, I guess it makes sense. That SpaceX, which is, you know, Elon Musk yep. and his, you know, company, and then mixing that with NASA, I mean, I guess they yeah. have to work and together, we'll, right? we'll get into that in the history, okay. um, how that kind of ti- – that timeline kind of breaks down. But a quote from NASA on this uh, expedition is that the asteroid, quote, appears to be largely made of the exposed nickel-iron core of any early planet, one of the building blocks of our solar system. So oh. that's why they want to do so much research on this. Yeah, And it's going to take about three years for the uh, Psyche spacecraft to reach its its uh, target. And so somewhere around January of 2026, it should mm-hmm. should get there. So Cool. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, uh, since we kind of dropped some knowledge already, let's uh, drop some more knowledge. As we normally do, I am... Going to call you out. Why? Because we're burying our lead. Oh, dang it. Every time. Every time. <laughs> but hey, you we're much what? better I, at it than we've been in the past. I was going to let you go, and I'm like, no. The listeners deserve better. You know, and 
and the listener is probably think we're faking this, but really, like, <laughs> we forget to. Well, we. I think uh, maybe this is part of it. I think we kind of come from this part where it's like we don't matter as much. It's more like we're bring. Uh, th- we matter when it comes to the debates and the fun part of it, but when it comes to the stuff up top, we're like, oh, it doesn't matter. But it does matter because the matter. context yeah, of what the you context know. and and what we kind of skip over because yeah. we may think that people already yep. know it exactly so yeah. so what uh let's unbury it and uh tell me tell well, me what watched, you know about nasa and and or I'll, I'll throw space in there too i watched first man okay that's your <laughs> that's your connection that's that's probably from the history perspective and and what nasa is and and does honestly a lot of it is going to be from movies with apollo yeah. 13 and first man you know those Did you watch the martian I did watch The Martian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I, I that's a good movie. Yeah. That's a very good movie. A lot of good sp- because it's not like a I don't know how you describe the movie. I don't know, I hadn't seen it. It's it's so basically based on true true events. Oh, got it. Well like you have Apollo no respect for those movies, is what you I gathered. <laughs> because apparently uh Catch Me If You Can is garbage because the act, there's no acting needed. They well, just portray I mean I, mean, I, I don't think that from an acting perspective oh my gosh I've, but anyways we digress <laughs> but but martian is obviously not based on true events yeah so like correct. there's a there's a good of. amount of uh fabrication in there as opposed yeah. to these are based on true events and so you're kind of a little bit understanding of what's actually going on and the evolution of nasa so other than that though uh, oh i guess i will say the final space shuttle launch I was actually in Florida for. Oh, and I was Cape, was that Cape Canaveral? Yeah, or where? Yeah, I think that's where they mm-hmm. launch off. And and not that I was at Cape Canaveral, I thought about actually driving over there for it. Yeah, because I thought that would be kind of a cool thing. But uh, I did was able to see it from where I was at, so you could see the the rocket ship go going into space. That's really cool. So that's that's uh, what there was um. Yeah, now it's got me thinking. There was a, a shuttle launch a couple of years ago when I was in Florida. Um, I don't. Was it a couple of years ago for you too? Well, well maybe they sent. So the more. shuttle, the the actual, and we'll get into this in the history. The actual shuttle was discontinued in, I believe, 2012. Okay. So it wasn't a shuttle launch. There, there was probably a rocket launch. Yeah. But in terms of the shuttle with astronauts and and oh, got it. All yeah. of that stuff. It that hasn't happened in you know yeah eight eight years yeah or so. a while interesting well yeah f- so for me I I mean I don't really have much connection to NASA obviously you know with aside from what I know about you know pop culture and, and movies but I will say you know speaking of space I have always really had a fascination with space <clears throat> I've taken I, I was big fan of of taking classes in high school when when we had the planetarium but then you know in college i took a class and uh just i forget what it was specifically on but you know wait, 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 wait. did you say you had a planetarium in your high school i'm pretty sure yeah yeah what? is that is that uh uncommon well I mean, maybe it's not common but yeah we had a planetarium we no. s- yeah, and um, a room I, that was just specifically yeah, for yeah, it's our planetarium. Now I gotta now I gotta remember it correctly. But North Penn High School, 
Yeah, we had a uh, planetarium, and and the the best part about it was that uh, like you, because it was in the district, like the elementary schools would go to the planetarium at the high school, and what? and um, so you could actually do like. I mean, uh, granted, I grew up in a small town. You but. did, yeah. North Penn <laughs> High School planetarium, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had a big, I had a very large school, big, big district in Pennsylvania, and. Uh, yeah, I wish there were some photos of it that I could show you, but um, but it's legit. Wow. Yeah, and oh yeah, here's here's an example. I'm going to show it. To, no, our listeners can't see it, but it's it's a planetarium. It's so small, but wow, um, it would fit uh, a handful of people. Anyway, so yeah, so I, I think because of stuff like that, uh, I got into it. But I, I mean, there was just may sound dorky or nerdy or whatever, but like I I can kind of get lost in space sometimes, like if. I'm outside if the if it's clear, you know. I, I might have mentioned on the podcast before, but one of my favorite moments, um, you know, in the last ten years was our road trip out here, and um, you know, being in the middle of the country where there's no light pollution, and you can just look up and it looks like you're. It's just it puts things in perspective, yep. Um, yep. and I, I appreciate those moments. Uh, that is one of the f- favorite things I have about going to the Big Island because yeah. they have some massive observatories up there, and not that I've ever been up to the observatory, but if you go to the visitor center that's about halfway up the mountain, yeah, it is unbelievable yeah. how many stars you can see. Yeah, And as someone who grew up in the country, right. like it was even impressive on that level. Sure, yeah. And it was just unbelievable yeah it was almost like the sky was lit up because there were so many stars that you can see yeah if you get it on the man it's it's just it's it it's amazing and it's hard hard to even really describe but um but that's that's kind of where i come so you know while i'm not necessarily super intrigued by or uh, it's not that i'm super intrigued it's not that i uh nasa is like big on my list i just appreciate the stars and that's obviously their mo and um i appreciate that all right. So. Well, I'm playing our little drop again okay. just because Do I it. want to. Sure. So as we drop some knowledge, I am the history guy and Justin is the stats guy. So we always start with some history. So we're going to continue that. <laughs> so NASA on March 3rd. Okay. There it is. 1915, the National Advisory Committee of Aeronautics was founded to undertake promote and institutionalize aeronautical research i don't think that's why you pulled it because that has nothing to do with nasa yet oh i don't know maybe it sounds kind of familiar i, I don't, don't know. think that's why you we'll pulled see. that. Date. maybe there's another date so in, in 1946 uh they started experimenting with rockets so at, at that time they were just planes basically and in flight right um 1946 they started experimenting with rockets and then in 1955, Dwight D. Eisenhower announced that the U.S. intended to launch small Earth circling satellites uh, as the country's contribution to the International Geophysical Year. So, this International Geophysical Year was from the 1st of July in 1957 to December 31st of 1958. And this was kind of this scientific interchange between the East and the West. And it had interrupted, really, the Cold War. And so there was uh, 67 countries that participated. Uh, 
shortly after that and and actually well during the geophysical international geophysical year so the soviet union launched sputnik one on october 4th 1957 and this was the first artificial successful artificial satellite to be launched into you know the earth's uh orbit and this really shook the u.s as they feared sputnik was this national security risk and threat to the u.s so this really forced the u.s to speed things up they followed up just a few months later in on january 12th 1958 the NACA, which was the National Advisory Committee of Aeronautics, uh, they formed a special committee on space technology. This was formed uh, to conduct non-military space activity, uh, because at, up to that point, every all the tests that had been done had been done by the military institutions, so the Army, the Navy, you know, all of those. Air Force also was mm-hmm. doing all these types of testing, and. On February 1st, 1958, the U.S. successfully launched their Explorer 1, which is their first satellite into uh, geosynchronous orbit. Uh, Also in February, uh, Advanced Research Projects Agency was formed to develop space technology for military application. So... Uh, missiles and yeah. hopefully you know defend against yes. the Russians in, during right. this kind of period. Yep. In July 29th, 1958, Eisenhower signed the National Aeronautics and Space Act, and really what this did is formed NASA. Yeah. So on October 1st, the NACA dissolved into the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA. Cool. So. At that time, that consisted of about 8,000 employees and had a $100 million annual budget. It's like nothing. But, but in 58. In 58, yes, that's a lot. Yeah. But I think I was just going to say real quick, it's kind of wild how quickly this like ramped up. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, and I'm sure you'll get into it, but just like the back and forth with the Soviets that kind of drove space, the you know, yeah. Final frontier. And, and that's that's one of the the friendship test questions that I have, you know, and, and want to uh, talk talk through uh, later is just how quickly this happened, and would you feel safe going into orbit and doing all of these things at that time? But yeah. um, the, what happened is uh, the various areas from all these military branches, they all kind of came together and helped form NASA. Mm -hmm. You know, the Air Force had been working on the X-15 rocket plane, and they transformed that project into the Mercury uh, project under NASA. So in in May 5th of 1961, Alan Shepard became the first American to go into space aboard Freedom 7, and this was part of the, the Mercury project. What what was his name? Alan Shepard. Alan Shepard. Okay. And this was still the U.S. was behind right. the Russians because it was in April uh, April twelfth of nineteen sixty one that Yuri Gagarin was the first human to go into space. I have heard of him, and not the U.S. guy. Really? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I mean, not like I don't know much about the guy, but I've heard of Yuri. Yeah. Um, on on May twenty fifth, nineteen sixty one. John F. Kennedy asked Congress to commit 
to landing a man on the moon before the end of the 1960s. And this really launched the Apollo and Gemini programs. Right. And what you see with this is that there's all these different programs going on all at the same time. So, like, then we kind of take a step back, and in the Mercury program, John Glenn became the first American into space by using an Atlas uh, launch vehicle rather than going into... Um, you know, a high orbit with a plane and then launching yourself into orbit. Yeah. This first uh, Atlas launch vehicle was something that was actually shot up from the ground, kind of more what we're typically used to today. Yeah. And this was aboard Friendship 7. Okay. So Project Gemini was a two-man project to grow long-duration capabilities, rendezvous capabilities and precise earth landings okay. uh, to help with building of the eventual Apollo program and sending a man to moon because all of these steps were kind of needed if we were to send somebody to the moon. Right. So in 1965, the first flight with nine more flights in the next two years was the longest in duration of 14 days. Uh, and again, the Russians were ahead of the U.S. in launching their their competitor to this project with Volsked uh, in 1964. So we're, again, still behind the Russians. Yep. But then we get to the Apollo program. So the Apollo program used Saturn rocket, rockets, which were much bigger than the previous rockets, and they launched a two-part spacecraft with the command and service module and the lunar module. So, you know, if you ever see Apollo 13 and and they, you know, get into space and they open up a hatch and they're still inside of something. Well, mm-hmm. that's the other module that they're going okay. into. They kind of take off in the command and service module, and that's what they come back in. But the lunar module is that kind of other element, and that's what they used for Apollo 13, yep. um, you know, and, and to survive in because they were having issues with the other yeah. one, right? So... The other thing about NASA that makes it so complicated is we've only talked about the manned missions. Right. All throughout this, they're doing these unmanned, you know, space launches to take photos of of whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, in 1962, Mariner 1 was designed for a planetary flyby of Venus. Uh, Mariner 3 and 4 were sent to Mars. And then we get back to... You know, 1968, and Apollo 8 was the first crew to orbit the moon. So you're kind of dealing with two different perspectives of sending unmanned things, you know, way out into space. Yeah. And then we're trying to get manned just to the moon at this point. So they so they were having, they had humans go into space and successfully go into space before the moon, right? Yeah, so Alan Shepard was the first yep. one. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. like, he was – how much – how long was he there? Oh, he was only there for, like, 30 minutes or oh, 50 okay. minutes or something like that. Now, you know, John Glenn and, and those who were, um, you know, in the Project Gemini, they were staying up there for a longer period of time orbiting the yeah. Earth, but not getting very far. Right. Until uh, Apollo 8 actually went to the moon and orbited the moon. And all of these, like – flights leading up to Apollo 11 were just like these test flights. So, okay, can we make it here? Yes, we can make it here. Okay, can we make it here and 
get the positioning of the spacecraft the way we need it to so we can you know right. launch the lunar module and all of that type of stuff so in on july of 1969 apollo 11 was the first moon landing and really in essence ending that space race because that's what both you know us as the u.s and the russians were kind of competing against so neil armstrong was the first one to step on the moon and he was quickly followed by buzz aldrin so they mm-hmm. both um, made it there and in all we had five more missions that uh, made it to the moon and a total of 12 men actually walked on the moon mm-hmm. but this all ended in 1972 with apollo 17 so we also have uh going on Skylab, which was kind of studying space. And so that started mm-hmm. in 1965, and that lasted until 1979. And this was the first and really the only U.S.-built space station solely by ourselves. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because then we get we get into the idea of the you know International Space Station yep. that we're kind of grouping the United States and Russia and Japan and, and the United uh, European uh, space program, all kind of working together to do that. And so in 1976, Viking 1 was the first successful landing on Mars. And Mm -hmm. so going back to another unmanned thing, um, you know, we're finally getting onto Mars. And and obviously a lot of these take years for these, you know, we'll launch the, the spaceship and it'll take years for it actually to get there. But the space shuttle program that actually started in 1972 the columbia shuttle being the first launch in april 12th of 1981 okay so again going back and forth between dates because like things are getting started while we're still you know working on other stuff yeah and the space shuttle program was developed to build a more frequently launchable and more reusable vehicle it they could carry up to eight astronauts and so you know this really kind of helped spurn this idea of building a space uh station and the payloads could be significantly bigger i mean it's kind of your iconic yeah spaceship that you see yeah uh, is the shuttle yeah and so in in june of 1983 the first american woman uh to make it to space was sally ride okay but then in, in 1986, the Challenger shuttle exploded on launch, yeah. and so we lost that. We also eventually, you know, more recently, the, the Columbia right. shuttle was lost in, in 2003, and that kind of essentially ended the shuttle program because mm-hmm. um, they weren't going to rebuild after that. But the shuttle program really helped with, with the International Space Station. In 1997... The Mars Pathfinder was the first rover to be landed on Mars and actually kind of a venture out of the landing area and investigate what Mars right. actually yeah. is. Yeah. You know, returning a lot of valuable information. And that was that the rover was active for a long time. Yeah. Is it still active, do you know? I think it's a new one. Okay. Cuz I thought I remember something in the news that in the last, you know, 5 years or so that Maybe they were replacing it, or there like are the old... so yeah, yeah. That's the thing is there are so many of these like projects and yeah. launches that I'm only like just barely oh, you're touching like the one percent if that yeah. 
in 2006, the New Horizons launched, and that was actually a mission to Pluto. So it launched in 2006. It only passed by Pluto in 2015. Hmm. So it took nine years to get to Pluto. That's so wild. Yeah. Also in 2006, we had the Commercial Resupply Services project started, uh, and the purpose of this was to create a commercially operated cargo vehicles that could service the ISS, the International Space Station. And so that's where you start to see SpaceX and a couple of these these others come into play. Uh, In 2008, NASA awarded contracts to SpaceX and Orbital Sciences Corporation to really be the private sector of this launch to, you know, the International Space Station so that we could help supply uh, the International Space Station. Now, as of today, because of the, um, so it was July 21st in 2011, I was wrong earlier, 2011 was the final space shuttle mission with Atlantis. Okay. And so that was the final time. Oh, that was nine years ago. The United States sent astronauts into space. Was nine years ago? Correct. Huh. That seems, I mean, it seems so long ago. I, I just, it was. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's wild that, we I mean, we're really still investing a ton into space, but, and NASA in particular, but it's not necessarily for humans to yeah. go there. Yeah. And, and so now the only way that we can send, you know, astronauts into space or cosmonauts, because we're sending them through the Russian Soyuz capsule. And so that's the only way that we, you know, astronauts or cosmonauts, as the Russians call them, can get to the International Space Station. And so there are Americans that have gone up in the Russian Soviets. But from an American perspective, we haven't sent any astronauts up. It is kind of cool that, you know, as much divide as there can be across nations that, and and honestly, like, we're in space because of the divide that we had with the Soviets. And now that we can kind of, you know, lean on them um, and they can lean on us, I guess, like, and that International Space Station, you know, is just a, it's a cool concept. Yeah, and you know one thing I I did see that the International Space Station is it's expected to last until 2024. Uh, oh, there's potential that it could be extended until 2028. 20, uh, yeah, but once you start getting into those last couple of years, that's kind of dangerous, right? Like you don't want to make like oh, well, I mean, they're making... constantly updating it. Sure, but like you know. Just like any car, right? You get to its life expectancy and be like, I bet I can push it a little bit further. I'll get an oil change. I'll get this fixed or whatever. And then something happens. Yeah. Well, you know, that and that. And then they make a movie about it. Yeah, true. That That is one of the things that I kind of skipped over in the Skylab, you know, that first space station that we kind of built. So, one, that it was 320 square meters of habitable space. Hmm which is not very big yep. for people to live. But it uh, it actually re-entered the atmosphere in 1979. The idea of that was actually they were trying to get the space shuttle to launch early enough so that it could actually help it carry it back farther out of the atmosphere so it wouldn't enter the atmosphere as soon. Huh. But they didn't launch the space shuttle in time, and so it 
you know got too yeah. too low in the atmosphere and burned up on oh on entry and so they were trying to get the space shuttle to carry it out and, yeah. and boost it back out to a higher orbit but huh. that didn't work so and then you know you mentioned the artemis program so we we had this commercial resupply services project now they're working on commercial crude projects and so working with SpaceX and, and some others on some of these programs of the private sector would be the, you know, the launch organization. And then NASA would really work on the spaceship. And, so and when you say, do you say cruise? Crude. Crude? Yeah. So what like, is that? Like a crew oh, of people. Oh, crew. Oh, got it. I, In, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So is that then used for like... If I want to go to space and I have a million dollars, I can go to space kind of thing? Or is it like well, they're still, you know, using not, for... You wouldn't be working with NASA at that point. So from an, from a NASA and a science perspective, they are using the SpaceX rockets um, or, well, it may not be SpaceX yeah, at that point. But sure. whatever commercial company is going to supply the rockets to NASA, right. NASA will work on the science and the, the spacecraft side of it. Okay. Now, SpaceX could be working on their own spacecrafts as well to commercially sell that. But from a NASA perspective, they are directly working with these companies in the intent to send astronauts up to space. They don't don't really care about the public going up right now. No. But, you know, if you can sell it, I'm sure Elon Musk is ready for that. Yeah. Um, interesting. All right. Well, I'll breeze through some stats because that was uh, some that was hefty, yeah, that was hefty Sorry. history. Sorry. Um, no worries. Uh, it's interesting. So uh, more than 18,000 people work at NASA right now, and there are 10 NASA centers across the United States. And since 1960, 350 people have trained as astronaut candidates under NASA. That's uh, not very many. It's really not. And it, which is interesting, you know, even we talked about in the news the last time they brought 11 people on was five years ago. So these people are, you know, if you hire 11 employees every five years, it probably, you know, adds up um, to not very much. But, yeah, so currently there are 48 astronauts in active astronaut corps. Corp? Core? Core? NASA's $22.6 billion budget is a little bit more than what it was when it first started. <laughs> Million um, with a B. Yes, uh, and uh, that's for fiscal year 2020. It's about a five percent increase over 2019. Um, a report by the Space Foundation estimated that activities related to space contributed to 180 billion to the economy in 2005, more than eight times the department's own budget at that time. So you know, we think about NASA, we think about you know space travel and all that other stuff but uh, you know surface level but as you mentioned and and we're talking about there's a lot more that it it provides it can provide a map of you know of china and look at how the you know change in 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 tendencies is actually affecting the environment there it's you know helping predict weather it's it's there's so much um that is happening that that they're working on that we haven't even you know touched on but they they bring a lot a lot back for the economy um, so there's been 130 successful space missions, uh, but you did mention those two uh, in which the shuttles and crews were lost, which was the Challenger and the Columbia. And then, uh, so people get paid 
around nine thousand per month. Oh, this is kind of a fun fact. Yeah, so they get paid nine thousand per month by NASA to lie in bed for every minute of the day for up to seventy days. So, like, if you, I don't know if you could sign up, but someone could sign up, presumably, to be in a bed for seventy straight days and get paid ninety thousand per month. So that's in essence, or sorry, nine thousand. So that's about eighteen thousand. A little over eighteen thousand for a little over, or eighteen thousand for about two months. Would you do that? So, what is the what are they testing? So the purpose is comparing to, it to, to compare space. it to space in the oh, confined the confined spaces that you're in, and what that does to your body, and how. So they're studying these people for those seventy days. Wait, and they can only lay in bed. They, they have can to only lay in bed. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they can move around and do stuff in their bed, but they have to stay in bed. Huh. I mean, sure, I'd do it. I mean, it's a hefty amount of money. Yeah. It'd be nice. But, man, not be able to get up, I that'd would be... probably not physically be very well after that. No, not at all. But, uh, and I'd probably be pretty bored. Um, but, yeah, so a couple other quick, quick stats. NASA is estimated to have sent over 2,200 animals into space, huh. including insects, pigs, monkeys, rats, rabbits, and spiders. Uh, and uh, in, uh, I believe, 1998, 2,000 were sent on one mission, the STS-90. Well, I um, mean, like, are they 2,000 bees? I don't, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? And then they get out and, ah. It's another movie. There's a lot of space movie options. Isn't there one with a snake that gets out? Oh, <laughs> maybe, probably. There's like snakes on planes, but with, you know. <laughs> snakes and space. spaceships. <clears throat> they just float. Yeah, okay. So NASA's Lyndon B. Johnson Space Center, which is in Houston, has 100 buildings covering 660 hectares. So I didn't know what a hectare was. One hectare is an American football field um, or 10,000 square meters. So, in essence, it's 660 football fields, um, their uh, space center in that Houston. That seems like a lot for, what do you say, 18,000 employees? 18,000 employees. But there are 10 NASA centers. I, that's what I'm saying. But, like, it. I mean, granted. You need a lot of space. They're not all that big. But, like. That doesn't seem like that many people. Like working for NASA? Yeah. Com- compared yeah. to how big that space oh, is. Oh, for sure. And I think that that's where it really gets to do. It's like you need a lot of space to operate this stuff, to test this stuff. You know, big warehouses, big, you know. So in essence, your, your person to space ratio is going to be much different than most other places. But yeah. And then the, the last one uh, that I had was um, NASA's Kepler mission launched in 2009 and has found 2,325 planet candidates and uh, 1,284 were in a single finding, which is the largest to date. So uh, I was looking, I've heard of Kepler and I I looked a little bit more into that. Um, And it's just, it's pretty unique where they're finding planets that they're like, oh, this planet is, you know, similar to Earth or this planet it should be similar to Earth, but because it's, you know, twice as close to the sun, you know, the seas are molten lava. And it's like, you know, it's cool stuff like that that, again, like, I 
I for, sometimes forget you get lost in life and all the distractions we have. But like every time space comes back up, I just find myself like fascinated by this stuff because it, it's so, I don't know. It's, it's just hard to comprehend is what I keep coming back to. But anyway, that was, that was the end of my so stats. One, one number that I was kind of intrigued about when you started talking about your, some of your stats is just the number of artificial satellites that are orbiting the earth. Yeah. And so there's, currently uh, based on the, the web yeah who knows how close this actually is but I'll, I'll take it for what it's worth uh 2218 current satellites in in orbit yeah i mean it seems like a lot because i didn't know what there was before but then at the same point it's like the earth is freaking huge well and you so. need it for like yeah. so many oh different yeah for things sure. for technology satellite radar yeah like all that so yeah Interesting. All right, well, let's jump into some friendship tests. We just become best friends. Yep. All right, Justin. So I think this one's going to be pretty quick. This this question. Okay. Because unless you're crazy. Yep. Did the moon landing actually happen? Okay. So it's not as quick as you'd think. Oh gosh. Um. So yes, I I I, I do believe it it did happen, but I do want to say I. I I'm very – it's something about my personality that allows me to think about or challenges me to Crazy. think about this scenario from all different ways. The thought process, uh, I have – I uh, decided last night – I saw this question and I decided to watch on Netflix. There's a conspiracy show on the moon landing and, oh, man, I – they have some points. It's hard. Like it, it, it's there's some interesting points along the way that make you question it. So what what are the top couple? Um, well, the ones that jumped out to me was and and there's there's some more. I mean, they talk about the photographs that the lighting of the photographs or those little markings that were you can tell are edited from like an original, and they said like how the flag waves and certain there's some of them are like well do you know how a flag waves on mars like i I don't know that but like some people are like well science says this that whatever in a vacuum it shouldn't shouldn't wave yeah exactly and so there's some things that i'm like i don't i don't quite get but they they did talk about you know just the process you know we you focus heavily on the race right and so you know when kennedy made his statements I think at that point, you know, jump if you remember this differently or have something different in your notes. But at that time, uh, when Kennedy made that announcement that they were going to land on on Mars or, or sorry, on land the on the moon, yeah. they didn't even have a successful human go into space yet. We had just had it. Alan Shepard had just oh had just it. done it. Yes. Okay. So that was it. One, two, because they they that was one of the things that were like it was basically reactionary. They they said we're going to do this, and then when this is again. This is coming from the conspiracy show. I'm not. This is my, not necessarily my opinion, but they did talk about how you know it. They had a lot of failed you know missions, not necessarily with humans, but failed missions along the way. And you know they they talked about this one guy that tended to like be very negative and complain all the time and about like you know the ship or this that whatever. And then all of a sudden you know he's on like this side he's like testing something with some other person and he dies. There's no way I don't, 
in terms of conspiracies, I don't think that's they're killing big, off people. Yeah, that's a big conspiracy. But, but that but they're saying like this guy like kind of vanished off and he was like the problem person, but before he died, like the day before he died, he hung a hanger with a lemon on it. This sounds so weird, but he hung a hanger with a lemon on the ship, which in I guess space you know, in like astronaut terms, basically that means this is a hunk of junk. Like this is a lemon. And that was like the day before he passed away. And so like all of a sudden it's like, there's these little things along the way that make you question it. And I, I'm not a believer in it, but when you watch some of these shows, you kind of, there's a part of me. It's because they're all biased. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And they do have people on the show that like say like, no, it's this, this is why the lighting's different or this is why, you know, and they kind of talk about it. But, but I think the part that makes it interesting to discuss is that it is kind of feasible to think that if we weren't able to do it, or if we were behind schedule and we're in this race and it's for our economy and, you know, it's good for morale, whatever, all this stuff, they could easily spend a lot less money and put together a show that in essence is a closed door you know and do that and like they had and and all they had to do was put it on and and that was the other thing they talked about the cameras like they were able to use the cameras so perfectly on the you know moon it's like how like you know everything went literally perfect perspective yes on that trip and like how does all that happen so again not a believer but there are there's some points that say you know I question it yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think it happened, but I also the the those are very valid points where it's like, wait, so like the transmission and they were able to put it to all of these Americans' homes, yep. and the audio is really good. Yeah, well, not good, but it it's yeah. pretty darn good for being how far away it is yeah. and there, all of those types of things that I want you to, I want you to watch this show. You know, in the next couple, this next week or so, watch. Uh, there's a conspiracy one. I forget what episode, but you can find it um, on Netflix. And there's a couple things that I think you especially would appreciate, just because of your experience with audio and 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 visual and like all that, all of these components working together. And I think one of the moments that I thought was interesting that there was like a delay. There should and be. A there delay. should be a delay. And so what? There's a. There's actually an audio feed that they brought up. That was basically you had NASA that would say something and then they would respond, right? Well, before they would respond, someone else, we don't know who, would say talk. Almost like it was timed <laughs> to say like, okay, now's the point when you can talk. Like they were waiting for the four seconds to remedy. So it's like it's trippy, man. I, I'm just saying it's trippy. Um, so well, it, okay, that wasn't short. It wasn't. It wasn't short. But uh, I think at the end of the day, I still believe. <laughs> but but I have questions, and I don't know if they'll ever be answered. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, question for you. Should we, you know, we got a lot of money invested in this. Should we be invested in uh, space travel? Yes. Yeah. Bottom line, yes. I think at some point, us as, as the human race are going to outlive our welcome here yeah. on planet Earth and going to need other options yep and regardless of of whether that means a new planet or just even other options in terms of the technology that has been advanced through space travel in various areas not just even like living in space but just all of the the technological advances that has happened through nasa i think is important 
just from a human race perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, genu- I generally agree with you, but I, I will, I'm going to say pull back a little bit. Um, I think that there's some, there's definitely value in, in, you know, how much it brings to, you you know, the U.S. especially with NASA and, and um, you know, technology advancements. I think that there's a need for it, but I don't think that we should necessarily be focusing on space travel. I think that's something that, if we reeled back a little bit and let other countries do their thing and worry less about the race to space kind of thing, I think we could, you know, you take 10 billion away and put it towards some other, you know, not that that's in the grand scheme of spending, maybe that's not a big deal, but you take, you cut that in half and put that towards, you know, environmental causes or other things. Like I, I could, I could see the case for the other the other way around. I'd probably lean that way a little bit. Not totally. I wouldn't say get rid of, you know, what they do by any means, but uh, maybe reduce it a little bit. All right. Well, we talked about how quick all of this kind of happened. You know, we're f- suddenly flying and then all of a sudden we're into space and we're landing on the moon and all of this stuff is really in the over grand scheme of, you know, human race history, very short time period. Yeah. So I want to know, would you fly to fly in space in the 1960s when, you know, that was first getting going? Would you fly now? You know, would you go in the future? Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on space travel um, along those three timelines? So I would not travel in the 60s. Yep. Uh, you wouldn't want to be the one of the first? No, because I, no, I, I just feel like I would die and I, I, I mean, sure, you train and you figure all that other stuff out. You wouldn't want to be Neil Armstrong. No, Buzz I don't really have. A, I don't really have a passion for that. Uh, okay. It'd be, I mean, cool, great, but I don't. I, it's not worth the risk f- to me. Okay. Uh, in terms of now, um, probably not. Still, I just don't really? f- trust it yet. Uh, but I would say future, yes. I, I, I totally like if it becomes safer and. You know, again, like money, not an issue with any of these scenarios. I think, you know, if we get to a point where it becomes commercial, then I have I have no problem if it's affordable. But you don't want us to invest in in space travel for. Yeah, I'm okay if it doesn't happen in my life. (laughs) Like I'm 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 fine. I mean, it'd be amazing. I'm not don't get me wrong. I just I don't know. Like there's you have to weigh the risk. And it's not like a plane, an aircraft, like a plane. It's oh, much it, more likely they're they're going to go through a lot of like it's like early stages like plane creations where they're like well whoops the wind took it and then it blows up <laughs> you know like this is it's it's still very early on because you're dealing like out of this world elements literally out of this world elements that um, you know I'd be I would lo- I mean the the nerd the nerd like stargazer in me wants that but you know my realistic nature says no yeah i i don't think i would go in the 1960s i think i would go now yeah i'd be okay going now well that being said i think i would want to go in the space shuttle just because like that feels more comfortable the space shuttle even though we've we've lost two of the space shuttles the number (laughs) of launches that they really did yeah it was a pretty good amount yeah and uh, obviously if i'm going now i'm going in the future too yeah okay cool all right, Brian, what is uh, – you were talking about all these movies you were watching, yeah. so I added this in. What's your uh, favorite uh, space movie? Well, Martian is really good. 
Yeah. You know, I, I might have to go with that one. And and I, I do want to clarify because I don't want to be eaten up on this. When I think space movie, I don't – I'm thinking kind of like somewhat realistic, so, somewhat, uh, in that like Star Wars is a space movie. Yeah. I don't think that clar- or classifies in this conversation. Yeah, maybe, but Maybe someday. I'm at least not how I'm thinking of it. You know, is it, when I it leads right into your yeah. next question of this, is there life out there? Yeah, that's true. That's true. It, that could be the life that's out there is is based off of Star Wars. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, you're right. I think it has to be a little bit of realistic. And there's some even space movies that – what's the Jennifer Lawrence one? Oh, yeah, with uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, like their left, leftover. Let, no. Um, uh, there was two space movies that came out like one after the other. Um, passengers passengers yes and like i think that could kind of oh, qualify there's so, there's so many there's so many good space movies i'm going martian you're going martian yeah okay. I, I like how he makes his own food yeah <laughs> okay that was cool i'm gonna go galaxy quest no <laughs> just kidding yeah did you okay. ever see galaxy quest I did. yeah that was on the rotation of <laughs> Oh, no. movies that I went to sleep too. Uh, by the end of our our recordings, I'm gonna have a list of <laughs> yep. every movie you've ever watched to fall asleep to. Yep. No, I mean, uh, I mean, Armageddon is an interesting one too. That was a good movie. I don't, I don't know. I'm not convicted in this answer, but I'm gonna go with Interstellar, um, which is a little bit out mm. there. It's a little bit beyond it, but it it still kind of talks. I think even NASA's kind of involved with that, but just like you know, utilizing space in that way. I actually did not like Gravity. Did you see Gravity? Yeah. I didn't like it. Really? I, I just didn't do anything for me. Oh. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah. So. All right. Well, you know, we're well over time. Mm. So okay. um, let's uh, get into delusional thinking. You really are crazy. All right, Justin. So this week, uh, the delusional thinking question, obviously related to space, Yes. So you have two options here. Okay. And the, the first option being that you're going to spend a quarter of your life traveling to a planet that we have never been to before. Okay. And you obviously are the first one to go there. So you sure. will, you know, get some accolades and all that yep. stuff and maybe, you know, spend another quarter of your life coming back and, you know, become famous or inhabit the planet and... You know, do whatever you need to do on that planet. Sure. Whatever it might be. Or every night you have to go to sleep, but you are sleeping in an airplane chair, like a a seat on an airplane. Oh. Always a little bit uncomfortable, never perfectly comfortable when you're sleeping. Oh, you are. That is an awful question. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, okay. All right. I have questions. Yep. Am I by myself traveling to this planet? Yes. Oh. Huh. Okay. I have my answer. And I'm going to make this quick. But my answer is the chair and I hate it. Oh my God. I hate it. It's like a t- it's a terrible 
terrible answer because I, as a tall person, as you yeah. are a tall person as yeah. well, it is one of the worst things. I, I almost can, I almost can't sleep. I would probably not sleep. Um, eventually, maybe I get used to it. And, and like, even if you do, you're you're not comfortable when you get out of that chair. Oh no, too. not at so all. So there's there's like cranks in your neck. And oh, whatever it might it's be. Terrible. My yeah. my life. And this is my entire life, or is it a quarter of my entire life? life? Yeah, yeah. I I I have to go that option. I it's because if you would have told me that I had a a group of people, then I might have changed my opinion. Especially if I could choose that group of people um, going into space. Oh, you're by yourself. But if I'm by myself, like I am. I need to talk to people and I know I could talk to space command and all that other stuff, but like I, I need like human interaction and realistically, here's what happens is you're not going to be able to go into space as a kid. So you're spending 20 to 25 years of your life in your prime. Probably that's a long time. And I mean, is that, does that include rotation or is that 25 years to get there to get there? That's even worse. I know. I nope. I'm not. Nope. I'm I'm being uncomfortable my entire life, which is terrible. <laughs> but I'm choosing that. That's wow. What about you? You know, I I think I might take the travel. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and now, in my mind's eye, I'm not seeing this as this con- confined. Now it it's a confined area, but not like a. Even the International Space Station, I think it's bigger than the International Space Station. It's it's this almost like a movie, um, you know, the passengers idea of like a okay. spaceship where you have a little bit more room. All right, that's helpful. Uh, but you but if you watch Passengers, yourself. he's by himself <laughs> and, yeah. and completely depressed for most yep. of that. Yep. <laughs> it, the thing I I would like, I, I think it would be cool to be known as the guy who went to. Sure. X Y, you know, planet planet pan. Maybe that's what they're caught for me. So here, here are there, there's a couple things that I would maybe change my mind. And again, it comes back to people, um, or even just person. Like if I could bring, um, I mean, she'd probably hate me for it. But if I could bring <laughs> Alyssa, my wife, then at end end if. When we get there, we or even before we get there, we know. Let's say we know that this planet can be inhabitable. Mm. Then I could start life there, and I would stay there. Like I wouldn't go back because that's another twenty-five years back and all that other stuff. Like mm-hmm. I could start life there, but by myself, I'm just like, hey, I'm here, I'm here. Like you know, and hopefully there's aliens there that probably hopefully kill me <laughs> because I'm not going back. <laughs> like that would be. Like that's just that's way <laughs> yeah. too much. Yeah. I, yeah. I I I see the allure, but I, there's a couple just, things that you're going to change for me. I'm going to the uncomfortable yeah, chair. See, I don't sleep. I I will sleep for about mm, twenty five minutes, thirty minutes at a time, and that's it. That's all I can sleep on planes. Yeah, I uh, will. I will find some way to make it somewhat more uncomfortable, but not really, because <laughs> that's how it works. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in with us for this long. Uh, it's been a good one. A uh, lot, lot to, lot to talk about. But um, 
Yeah, so as as per usual, please subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcasts. And uh, don't forget to to like and follow us on any of our channels. Uh, we got Twitter, we got Facebook, we got Instagram, and uh, we're coming at you once a week. So you know, get ready next week. We're talking McDonald's. Yeah. So get ready for that one. It. Uh, I mean, it'll be intriguing. Yes. And a punch to the gut. Yes, indeed. Very much so. All right. Well, until next time on The Quest for 100.